Hello, and you are joining us for another episode of Christian Conversations. This is a podcast that we have set up designed to for encouragement and edifications for those who want to look at the Bible and live out their lives by what God's Word says. We hope to encourage and edify those. What we're going to do for the next couple episodes is we are wanting to pick a certain topic and talk about that topic and discuss matters where questions may come into uh, play, situations we may be faced with, and what might we do in a certain situation. Today, specifically, we're going to be talking about the idea or the topic of being spiritually minded. And this is something that is very important. And we all have chosen our own topic. And this is the topic that Elijah has chosen. So we are going to bounce our thoughts and uh, ideas from God's Word off of this topic today. And so let's get into it. All right, guys. So if you will, go ahead and turn over in your Bible to Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. This is really the key verse that when I think about the importance of being spiritually minded that comes to my mind. Um, and I hope that you'll you'll see the importance of this as I do. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then we'll sort of start our discussion there. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And when I read the words of Apostle Paul here, uh, of the Apostle Paul, and, and especially focusing in there on verse 6, he says it very straightforwardly. There is a contrast in the life of a Christian between the importance of being spiritually minded, but there's a contrast between being spiritually minded mm-hmm. and being carnally minded. That word carnally obviously meaning thinking like the world thinks. Um, you know, there's this idea that, you know, everything that we do really comes down to our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about what Paul says here, you know, sometimes we don't focus as much as I think we should on, you know, well, we may say, here's here's this sin. We should not do this. The Bible says don't do this. But to me, a lot of times that sin begins in my heart or in my mind. And maybe we should focus more on... Is my mind where it should be so that I don't think this way and therefore I don't live this way than just don't do this because the Bible says not to? Now, obviously, that's important, but I think we need to focus more in the church on I need to get my mind and my heart where they need to be, and then my actions are going to follow suit to that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, th that's really what the whole idea of what I'm getting at is here. Um, I'll give you one more example, and then I'll bounce to uh, bounce it off one of you guys. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 16 and verse 23. In Matthew 16 and verse 23, we see Jesus, and he's talking to his apostles, but he's specifically here talking uh, to Peter at this point. Um, after Jesus has got done saying, you know, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, in verse seven or verse eighteen, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And he'll give you the king, he'll give them the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then we see in verse twenty one that Jesus begins to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests. He's telling them, I'm going to be crucified. The time's coming where I'm not going to be with you anymore. I'm going to be killed. Peter says, far be it from you, Lord, this, that this, should, this shall not happen to you. In verse 23, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. And, you know, when I look at that and I see Peter, he's coming from a sincere good place. and He doesn't want Jesus to die. He is his master. Um, his teacher, they've abandoned all for him. And yet when he tells Jesus, this should not happen to you, this is not going to happen to you, Jesus calls him Satan because what Peter is saying is trying to prohibit what Jesus knew that he had to do for the spiritual good of others. Um, and when when he said that to him, he, he tells the end of it there by saying, you're not mindful of the things of God. You're mindful of the things of men. You're more concerned with yourself in a physical way, in this physical life, and you don't yet understand that I've got to do this for your spiritual well-being, Peter, and everyone's spiritual well-being. And a lot of times I feel like I find myself, in certain aspects of my life, having a very worldly or things-of-men mindset when I shouldn't. So I guess my question would be, what is what are some things that we need to be thinking and working towards in order to ensure that we do think spiritually instead of carnally? Because obviously we don't want death, and Paul said to be carnally minded is death. But if I'm spiritually minded, I have eternal life, and I also have a peace. Um, so, John, what would what would you say to that that idea? Well, before I get to your question. Um, Something really neat in this passage that you, you just uh, read in verse 22 there in Matthew 16 where Peter says, far be it from you, a, a, maybe a little bit better translation would be he's saying, uh, mercy be upon you, which is really cool because he, he comes to Jesus and, and Jesus is talking about, listen, I'm going to die. And, and Peter pretty much says, no, no, God will have mercy on you and, and not allow that to happen. And, and Jesus is saying, this is God's mercy that I'm going to die. That this is the embodiment of that mercy, and so it's it's kind of neat that we oh no no God wouldn't let that happen to you and no this is exactly what God planned. This is exactly what's supposed to happen, and so this is um, one of those uh, kind of like a garden scene in in the very beginning where uh, Satan comes with this this idea of. Like, oh no, you won't die. Like that's that's not going to happen. It's 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 going to make this fruit's going to make you more like God, and and uh, it's very similar there to, mm -hmm. to that situation. But um, back to your question about what um, what can we do to maybe start 
leaning more toward the the spiritual, the uh, I would say the the eternal, looking at things that aren't this is, I don't know all about this temporal and uh, fleeting life. Um, well, for one, we need to keep our eyes on what we're supposed to be looking for. We're we're looking at that finish line. If we keep our eyes off, if we if we turn our eyes away from the finish line, then we're not going to be running the direction we should. And um, I think it's in Hebrews 12 uh, where the writer here um, talks about casting off the the weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Uh, let us run the race with endurance that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And when it comes to trying to set our minds on the spiritual side of things, we have to remember where our goal is. What what are we trying to get to? And mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is that ultimate goal. We want to be more and more like him and, mm-hmm. and eventually be with him and the Father forever. And if we can kind of have that as our our goal that's going to help us start to go toward that direction mm-hmm. and not think so much about uh, our goals here on earth. My goal here on earth might be to hit a home run in my next baseball game or, or get that promotion at work or whatever, but that's that's going to be something that comes and, and eventually is gone. And if we focus more on something that's eternal, if our goal is that eternity and that uh, being with God and, and being reconciled to Him in heaven, then it's going to help us start to be mindful of that promotion isn't the biggest thing going on. There's something far bigger that I that I need to set my, my eyes on. But I'll, I'll give you a... Uh, I'm sure you have something to say there. <laughs> well, you know, just <clears throat> thinking about what we were just talking about, about, you know, not focusing so much on what we're going to do here on this earth in the flesh... You know that we need to be the spiritual, spiritually minded. Something that I that just come to my mind was in you know James chapter four. He kind of reminds us, you know, we may have big goals, we may have big plans, and there's certainly nothing wrong with having plans. There's certainly nothing wrong with having goals that we want to achieve while we're while we're here on this earth, while we're living. There, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But he says there in James 4.13, he says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. You know, he and then he goes on to verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. You know, we can have all of these plans. We can have, you know, as, as I've heard someone say, the best laid plans and we can have it all set in order. We can have it all, you know, ready to go. But, you know, we look at even this year how our plans have changed. Mm-hmm. Our goals that we may have wanted to accomplish this year, they have changed. You know, and so I think it's very important for us to have the idea that, you know, this this earth is temporary. It doesn't matter what we may have planned. It doesn't, you know, that's not the most important. And so we need being spiritually minded. I also thought of Romans chapter 12, you know, where it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. And verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove uh, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we know that after we become children of God, when we're trying to live by what the Bible says, you know, we're going to have others in this world who are going to try to persuade us to do this thing and do to do this thing, and it, it may, may not be a righteous thing to do. And so that's where being spiritually minded comes in. And I want to try to tie all this back into what we just saw in James 4. You know, our life is as a vapor. It's here for a while, and then it's gone. And we'll have many people tell us, you know, you only live once. You know, you're only going to have this certain amount of time to live. So, so do what you want to do, you know, buy and sell and get gain, you know, mm -hmm. and make that profit and, and enjoy your time here on earth. And there's nothing wrong with that. We want to be happy people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being spiritually minded, we have to keep our priorities straight. You know, mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I think that's something that we need to keep in mind that, that we need to keep God first in everything. This, this earth is temporary and while it is okay to have goals and plans and things that we want to accomplish, we need to realize that our life, it's as that vapor, it's here and then it's gone. Right. And so with this time that we are here, we need to make sure that we're, we have our priorities in the right order. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's by exactly, having that spiritual mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of word I was thinking in my mind was priorities. It's it's all about where are your priorities, and uh, I'll I'll pass it over to you okay. in just a second. Uh, Go ahead. Um, in Hebrews eleven, we see that uh, talking about the all the heroes of faith here, and you have Moses who, when he became of age, is verse twenty four, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. And uh, that's pointing us in, in, in our modern uh, situation that, well, we don't have the reward of the, uh, the land of Canaan. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is something far deeper than that, even for Moses, that the reward was something greater and it's that, that crown of life that we hear Paul talk about a lot, that we, we know, like you said, that this life is going gonna to be over eventually. Yeah. And we can try to live it up and, and enjoy the, the pleasures uh, of this life, but they're passing. And Moses realized that, that they're passing. And we, we need to realize that or this life is going to fly right by and it's going to be over and we're not going to be ready for what's next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, here's something that ha that has been on my mind since I've sort of been thinking about this idea of being spiritually minded. Uh, you know, if you were to go over to Romans chapter 1 and you look at verse 28, and it's dealing here with God's anger and His wrath on those who are very carnal. And... We could obviously go into a lot more detail about the specifics of that, but anyone can take their Bible and read that at home. But in verse 28, it mentions that these people, they don't even want to retain God in their mind. And that's really where it starts. And then it says, because of this, God gives them over to a debased mind. Um, there's this point at which if we refuse 
God in our heart, in our mind, then he's going to let that fester. And while I think about that, and I consider that, I think anyone that's most likely viewing this podcast or listening to this podcast, I don't think that they would be described as that. And I definitely don't think that any of us would be describing ourselves as, well, I don't like to retain God in my knowledge, right? Um, We want to retain God in our knowledge. But then going back to that idea of priority, you know, sometimes I go to work and I work all day and I get home and it hits me that I've really not considered spiritual things even once during my day at all. And obviously I can use the excuse, well, I've been working and I've been busy with this and that. And, but really it shouldn't be that way. Like if Jesus's sacrifice is truly as important to me as it, as the songs that I sing and the things that I say of, of how important it is, then there's, there should be times, whether it's on my drive to work in the morning or when I first get up or throughout the day, I, I should be thinking something related to spiritual things and trying to build myself up in my faith Um, and and even just that idea of meditation on the things of God that I've got to do a better job uh, of focusing on because, you know, with work and with the the problems that are in our world, it's very easy to get discouraged. Um, And a lot of times we make ourselves miserable where if we would take the time to think about these things, it would help. And I have an example that I want to look at. Uh, In my personal study lately, I've been looking at the book of Ezra uh, along with Nehemiah and then the prophets uh, Haggai and Zechariah uh, because these books sort of go hand in hand. And if you go to Ezra chapter 3, what you see is Zerubbabel has come back and brought sort of the first group of the Israelites back from Babylonian captivity. And they're going to begin working on laying the foundation of the temple. They're going to rebuild it. They've, they're coming back uh, from, from that captivity of so long. And what we see here is, is quite interesting. If you look at Ezra chapter 3, it says in verse 3 that after they've sort of... Well, let's actually go back to verse 2. It says, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. So they build the altar, they're offering these sacrifices to God as commanded in the law of Moses. But then in verse 3 it says, Fear had come upon them because of the people of those countries, and they set the altar on its bases, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the mornings and the evenings of the burnt offerings. So basically what you have going on here is this. They start the temple, and you can even read on here in the next few verses about the foundation of the temple being laid, And some of those who had seen the original temple before are very distraught because it pales in comparison to the original temple. Um, But what what ends up happening is that key verse there is verse 3. This fear comes upon them because of these other people that would wish them harm in this. That what actually ends up happening is the construction of the temple is put on hold for about 16 years. Um, And if you go over with me real quick, let's look at Haggai chapter 1, and there's something really interesting here um, that God mentions to them. And I promise this will all tie to what we're talking about here in just a minute. Um, You're like, what in the world is he talking about right now? Um, But we're going to see it here. Uh, Haggai chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, 
Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He goes on in verse 6 and he's talking about how, have you really considered why you're not prospering? And it's because they've left the temple sitting there in ruins and they've put it on hold for all these years. And then if you look with me, look at this. He says down in verse 9, I believe it is. He says, You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. And this is the key here. Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. So... When I think about being spiritually minded and I think about priorities like we talked about, these people said, you know, it's not the time for us to build right now. The time has not come in verse 2 that we should build the Lord's house. They were perfectly fine with making an excuse for that and putting off God's house, the temple. But they sure didn't put off building their own houses. They sure didn't put off, you know, making sure that they had the luxury or the the comforts of, of homes themselves. And yet God says you're not prospering and you're, you're failing spiritually because you've not considered my house. Mm-hmm. Well, when we compare that to 1 Corinthians 6, what is the temple of God today? It's us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verses uh, 19 and 20, what does it say there? It says, um, uh, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All of this I say just for the example of this. We're not having any problem. We we don't have problems prioritizing the physical things that we need when it comes to eating, when it comes to our cars and our boats and our toys and, you know, all these things. And, but a lot of times the the true focus that we should have as Christians um, is not where it should be, and we allow the temple of God ourself to fester in the fact that we're not growing spiritually, we're not mindful of spiritual things, but yet we don't ever forget to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. in a physical sense. So that's just sort of a parallel that I see in that you know, what are our priorities in the sense that am I making my decisions based on having a spiritual mindset? Are the things that I do, are the things that I choose to do, the things I choose not to do based solely and number one on, well, I love God. I want to make sure that I'm pleasing to him. Will this decision hinder that? And if the answer is yes, then I don't do that thing. Or Am I regularly forgetting to study my Bible and to meditate on spiritual things and to bear the fruit of the Spirit in my life, but I'm never forgetting to pay my rent on time or you know build that addition on my house or buy that new car or even just you know scroll through Facebook or Twitter for hours on end looking at memes and laughing you know mm-hmm. about things that really don't matter mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at. Um, so Drew, I noticed you sort of turning there. I'll uh, let you go ahead and jump in there. Well, I'm I'm just trying to find uh, what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> but I mean, going back to what you were saying, you know, I, how you said that a lot of times we have no problem with our priorities in the flesh. You know, we 
we have no problem, you know, getting up. Well, you know, I'm going to get up and do this and this and this. And I think this is kind of going back to kind of what we talked about this this last episode that we just had talking about, um, you know, why even use the Bible. Well, I'm, and I think it was you, Elijah, that said that, you know, a lot of times we don't even keep in mind, you know, when we're talking about spiritual things with others, you know, a lot of times, and you gave the example of uh, between, you know, the worship service and Bible study, there are a lot of times, you know, the majority of the things we even talk about are not even spiritually related. And this is kind of going back to what we're talking about right now, you know, how many things do we do in a daily basis that is, uh, you know, spiritually related? And, and, and I want to hit on, you know, James chapter 4, you know, what is your life? It's even as a vapor. It's here for a short little while. It's here, and then it's gone. And so, and I, I'm trying to think, you know, what other priority should I have, you know, knowing that Jesus, he went to the cross, and he suffered, and he bled, and he died for me. How can I not go every day? without keeping that in the forefront of my mind. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, and I think Ephesians chapter 6 is what would be a great help for every person, you know, who is trying to be spiritually minded. You know, Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Well, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, if, if we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil, you know, if we put on this whole armor of God, I think that'll help us be more spiritually minded. He says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the, in the evil day, and having all to stand. And so it's very evident we're in a spiritual warfare. You know, we are we are in this uh, this battle where, you know, every day, you know, I have a choice to be spiritually minded or I have a choice to be the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And I've heard someone say, and I have it written down in my Bible, that in the spiritual battle, there is no neutral ground. You know, we're we're either we're either living like we need to be living or we're not. And I think that's something that we all need to keep in mind is that there's no neutral ground in, in this. And so we, we need to make sure every single day that, uh, you know, we go through the armor there, stand there for having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to keep our mind protected, to have that spiritual mind so that we're better able to fight off the wiles of the devil because mm-hmm. he, he knows our weak points and he's going to know where he wants to attack us. James chapter 4 and verse 7, if we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a very important goal that, that we need to keep in mind. We need to have the mind of, uh, of that Jesus would have. And, and John, is there anything you want to add to that? I mean, I'm just kind of... <clears throat> well, I think with looking at being spiritually minded it's something that it doesn't come very natural i guess that's natural is kind of the opposite of spiritual in a lot of ways (laughs) it's not natural for us to just 
say, you know what, I'm going to live for eternity and not for right now. And that's, that's hard because we're living in right now. We're, we're not in uh, eternity yet. Yeah. And so it's hard to live for something that we have not yet experienced. Um, but that's, that's, I think it becomes easier when we focus on, on God's love for us. If we can focus each and every day on how much God truly loves us, then we're going to start more and more appreciating and loving Him back. And when we love Him, <clears throat> we're going to obey Him. We're going to do as we're supposed to do. We can try to force ourselves. And we can look at the fruit of the Spirit and and try to force ourselves to be loving and to be joyful and peaceful and all of these other things. <clears throat> but even someone who doesn't believe in God can try to force themselves to do those things. Yeah. There's, I know, I know people who don't believe in God that are very loving people and are very peaceful people, and and they seem to be pretty joyful most of the. I mean, you can you can have those things and be an be an atheist and not have have the spirit, but as Christians, the more that we focus on on Jesus, focus on our Master, our King, and live our lives seeking to be more like Him and to do our very best that we'll never be able to pay Him back for what He's done for us, live our lives because of His death for us, then those fruit are going to start being more apparent in our lives. We're going to start becoming more loving people, more joyful people, more peaceful, more self-controlled. These things, they do take effort, but they start to become more natural to us the more that we're seeking to focus and center our minds completely on Jesus. And if we can if we can try to do that, if we can just focus on on everything that Jesus is and everything he's done for us more, then we're going to start seeing our mind is starting to turn more toward the eternal and less on this this temporal life we're living right now. Something that just comes to my mind is, you know, to, we're talking about having a the right mind, having a spiritual mind. You know, we go over Philippians 2, and, you know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's that's the type of mind that we want to have. You know, it goes in, you know, he says, Who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient uh, unto death, even the death of the cross. And, you know, he goes on there. We want to have the mind of Jesus. And when we're talking about being spiritually minded, we want to look every single day. And like you said, John, it's something that we can try to force ourselves to do it. But if we're not coming out of it with a sincere heart, with with wanting to do it, with because of, of what we know what Jesus has done for us, and we're doing everything to bring Him praise, glory, and honor, and lifting Him up. And, you know, if we're not doing it for, for that reason, then what are we doing it for? You know, um, so that... That's right, and, and something that, that sort of has been a sticking point on this idea for me is you have a lot of people in... Christendom as a whole um, that are very sincere but obviously there are a lot of people that believe error um, but at the same time I can believe truth and have and understand truth and 
and I'm right where the Bible is on everything, but if I don't have sincerity, then I'm not good either. Mm-hmm. Because I heard a, a, a preacher say, you know, talking about uh, where Jesus in Matthew 5 talks about loving your enemies. And he said, you know, we can do good to our enemies and and do exactly what Jesus says, but if in the back of our mind it's still, well, I'll do it, but boy, hate I hate them. that person. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, you know. <clears throat> then you really didn't do it for the right I'm reason. I'm only doing this because I have to. Right. Yeah. And that's not being spiritually minded. You know, James chapter 1 talks about this man, and it's specifically talking from the standpoint of, asking God for wisdom, but I think it can apply in a more broad sense too. talks about a man who is double-minded, is unstable in all their ways. And I'm being completely transparent and honest here that sometimes that's how I would describe myself because I look at the way that I think and some of the thoughts that I have are not good. You know, a lot of times, you know, people may come forward and say, I've said and I've done things I don't know if I've ever heard anyone come forward and say, I have thought things that are unbecoming of a Christian. But I think we could all say that that's true. Um, You know, we read in Colossians 3 verse 2, to set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. But then Peter also in 1 Peter chapter 1 uh, gives this idea of girding up the loins of our mind. Um, clothing our mind, if you will, building up our mind. I think it's something that we've got to continue to do. Um, what That verse Romans 12 talks about the renewing of our mind. That's a continual process. That's not, oh, I was baptized. I've, I've become a Christian. My mind's perfect now, you know, because I still, and I suppose that it will always be this way, I still think things that I shouldn't think. Um, and I've got to ask God to forgive me of that mm-hmm. um, because that's the thing that maybe amazes me about Jesus more than anything is, you know, I can sin without ever opening my mouth and saying something or without ever actually doing something just based on the thoughts that I'm having that are impure um, and not even just from a sexual standpoint, but from any kind of standpoint, if I have the wrong motive or, or hate in my heart or anything like that. And Jesus never never sinned in that way. He never sinned at all. But to me, that's, that's where it's more amazing than any way for me. That Jesus, he, he taught truth and he lived truth, but he also always had a pure motive and a pure heart in everything that he did. And that's what I think when it talks about Jesus being a servant... And thinking about Jesus washing his disciples' feet, that wasn't to make himself and think, oh, well, pat myself on the back. Oh, good job, Jesus. Today you did this. And I, I hated it. I hate these people, but I'm going to do it to make me feel good about myself. He did it because he actually wanted to do it. He loved yeah. his disciples. He loved those people. And it was from a pure motive. Um, Can I add something to that? <laughs> you, no. <laughs> I, had, I had this in my mind earlier, and I forgot it, and I'm sitting here being quiet trying to think what was I thinking of her. And you brought... The exact context that I was thinking of mm-hmm. with Jesus when he washed the disciples' feet. This was a very uh, amazing thing that he did, the master serving the servants. It's just amazing. But mm-hmm. we see uh, in, in the very start of this chapter, right before he washes their feet, <clears throat> that in, in John 13, 
It says that now before, this is verse 1, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world uh, to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into, into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took at the towel and, and started washing their feet. I love those words right there. He knew where he was from and where he was going. That's what his mindset was in serving others. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's such a, a huge thing for me because if I can think of where I came from, who made me, who created me, and who I'm going to see in the very end, who, who brought me into this world and who is going to eventually uh, be, who is going to be there when I, when I die, when, I, when I'm, this life is over. Where did I come from? Where am I going? If I can get that straight in my mind, then this life is all about living for him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's exactly what, what Jesus was doing here. He knew exactly what his mission was. He knew exactly what it was, and he stuck to it. His priorities were strictly on the kingdom of God. And if I can have that same mindset of I know where I'm from and I know where I'm going, then my whole life is going to be centered around that, and and that's going to keep me spiritually minded. You bring up a a good point there about, um, you know, having our mind centered on why am I here, where am I going to go, you know, because... A lot of people don't think about that. You know, a lot of times we're we're always so focused on, you know, and, and it's not just people of the world, but followers of God. You know, sometimes we, we get to the point where it's all about, well, what do I want to do? You know, you know, what you know, what's in it for me? You know, what are my plans? What what success or, or what popularity may come to me, what uh what can I do that is going to bring me pleasure? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, that's a good point that you made about, you know, we need to realize why am I here? Who am I serving? You know, most importantly, where am I going to go? Because we may have all the pleasure in this life that, mm-hmm. that we can even dream of. But in the end, if we're not faithful to God, what's, what is that fame? What is that? It's nothing. Right. And it would be at a waste of, waste of time is what it would have been. And I think that... What John brings up is a really interesting point from the standpoint of Jesus knew where he had come from and where he was going. In a certain context, if we think about that as sinful people, Jesus didn't sin. He came from heaven, and he was going back to heaven. And that's amazing in and of itself. But for us, we come from sin. Not that we were born with sin, but our background. I'm speaking of our previous life, like Paul would mention uh, being baptized into his death, and that old man is dead, and we're the new man. But remembering where we've come from, the sin that once defined us, and where we're going is the same place Jesus is, was going. He deserved it. We don't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's even more powerful in a sense of that should motivate me. <clears throat> that should motivate me. And if I truly have a spiritual mind, just like it did in Jesus, he had this spiritual mindset, 
And that led him to action. He produced fruit because that was the mindset that he had. If we have that mindset, it's going to lead us to produce fruit too. Yeah. So what I think in sort of wrapping up this concept of being spiritually minded, I think that when you look honestly, even just specifically at the New Testament, even without the Gospels, just the epistles and the end of, end of the New Testament, you see the word mind come up so many times. And you see this concept of, especially considering the church, that we be of one mind. Jesus prayed that we would be united and be of one mind. I mean, obviously we could have a whole series of podcast episodes on why there are so many people today who claim to be Christians who are not of the same mind. Uh, That may be better saved for another time. But I think when we're thinking about this idea of mindset, when you see how often it's brought up, I think that we need to understand that God wants us to, to realize that that's where it starts. You know, I can do the right things with the wrong mindset and it's not good. I can do the wrong things with the right mindset, but that doesn't make it right. I have to have both. I have to have sincerity and truth and have the mindset that says, I want to be pleasing to God. I want to do it God's way. Um, sort of one last example maybe I'll throw at you as we sort of wrap up is the idea of Cain and Abel and their sacrifices to God. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Abel was a shepherd. And they both brought a sacrifice to God, but only one of them was accepted. And when I think about that, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 we think of this idea of Abel, his sacrifice was by faith. We can read that in Hebrews 11. Because God required that blood of that animal in that, in that sacrifice to him. Now, Cain, no doubt, I think based especially on the fact of how shocked he was when God did not accept his sacrifice and how angry he was, I think Cain was sincere mm-hmm. in what he did, in his sacrifice of the fruit of the ground. But just because he was sincere and had the right mind doesn't make his sacrifice acceptable to God because it wasn't what God required. So spiritually minded, being spiritually minded is so important, but it has to have truth with it. The faith, rightly dividing the word of truth. On the other hand, like I mentioned, we can have truth, but if we don't have the right mindset, then that does us no good either. Um, the Pharisees, which they didn't practice all truth, they taught tradition as if it were the law, and that wasn't truth. But they knew the scriptures, they knew the truth, but their mind their mind wasn't right. Their heart wasn't right. And to me, it's as a Christian, I need to constantly be examining myself and asking myself, yeah. am I living by truth? And am I living by truth with the proper mindset, the proper motives in what I do, because if I have one or the other and not both, I'm not going to be pleasing to God. And that's what I want to be. So my admonition to anyone watching this would be to ask yourself, do I have truth? Am I living by truth? Do I have the right mind? Am I living with a spiritual mindset? Am I prioritizing the right things as we talked about? 
you know, in Revelation at the very end of the Bible, Jesus says in the second chapter that he is the one who searches the minds and hearts of men. We can have people fooled. I can have you guys fooled. You can have me fooled. We can't fool God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so that's really all that I have to say, but I think this is such an important topic because our mindset and our heart is where everything stems from. Uh, it's where everything stems from. Yeah. So that's really all I have to say. So whoever wants to wrap up, we'll wrap this. We'll wrap it up. John, is there anything else you would like to add? Um, I guess the Christian life is a long, drawn-out battle of trying to have the heart of Jesus. It's just yeah. you're constantly seeking to have more and more to have the heart and mind of Jesus, and we'll never reach it perfectly, but it's a joy to to strive for it because every th- life becomes brighter, things become more lovely. I mean, life is better when you try to see the world and see life itself through the eyes of Jesus. You start to love everyone, and and yeah. you start to have a joyful and a peace, uh, peaceful outlook on life, and that's a huge part of being spiritually minded is just, yeah. you know what, things, I'm going to die one day and, and things are going to be bad in this life, but I've got something far greater. And so that's what I'm living my life for. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. You know, um, I think it's important for us to, like, like you just said, to realize that living the Christian life is such a privilege you know, it's it's not that we're it's not that we're here because, you know, because we have to be. It, it's here because God has allowed us an opportunity to live our lives, and we have the choice. You know, it's not that we have to live the Christian life. We have to do this. It's a choice. God has given us a choice. If we want to go to heaven, we have to live the life that we that we're commanded to, and something that. You know, being spiritually minded, like you said, is so important. Something that that helps me is is Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty three. It says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." And we kind of talked to this this last time. You know, this life is not always going to be easy. There are going to be challenges. There's going to be hard times that we go through, but. If we make sure our priorities are in the right order, if we keep that spiritual mind by by always being prepared, by always you know uh, seeking God first, by trying our best to do everything by what the Bible says, things will be a whole lot easier. And like you said, we have that reward that we're looking to, that that better place that's that's not temporary, that place where Re- the Book of Revelation says there'll be more, no more pain, sorrow, tears, or or crying, or no more pain because the former things will have passed away, and it is it is a privilege, a great privilege to to know that if we remain faithful to God, Revelation two ten, that's what we'll have waiting for us, and I think that's a that's what we always need to keep in mind. We thank you for tuning in for this episode of Christian Conversations. We hope that uh, what we may have talked about has been edifying or encouraging. If you ever have any questions or comments that you would like to to ask or provide, feel free to comment uh, on Facebook. You can message us on Facebook, or you can also email us at Christian 
conversation that is with one N, the number 10, at gmail.com. We would love to, to answer any questions. We would love to, to help encourage anybody and everybody that we can. Until then, we look forward to seeing you next time. Keep searching your Bible, keep studying your Bible, and let's work on having that spiritual mind.